run to God's judgments and commandments and embrace them, for inherit within them is the blessing. Carnal man confidently challenges the childlike whose faith is placed in God, his Christ, and his holy Bible with sneers like, prove it, certain that it can't be done. Years ago, long before there was an internet, I received a phone call from a sister in Christ, a public school teacher who was attending college to earn her master's degree, for at that time in Pennsylvania, new teachers were required to get that advanced degree to continue teaching. In her college class, the new teachers were being instructed in how to teach sex education to elementary school children. By the way, this takes place in the 1970s. The college professor already had a prostitute, a priest, and one or two others to come and speak on the subject and was looking for a fundamentalist Christian. I should mention that part of the educational material studied included Playboy and Penthouse magazines, which were supplied by the professor to the class. My friend, the sister in Christ, asked me whether I would come and speak. I responded, what would be the purpose? Obviously, faith in God's word isn't high on the class syllabus. Instead, tell your professor that I will come and prove that God is, that he authored the Holy Bible, and that he will hold all accountable to those words at a soon-coming judgment day. She incredulously replied, I thought that couldn't be done. I explained that I could prove the God of the Bible easier than I could prove that I was speaking to her on the phone. My friend went back to her professor with my words, which resulted in the professor and the rest of the class having a good laugh. The professor accepted my challenge and instructed my friend to be sure that I didn't bring any wild-eyed fanatics. My wife and a brother accompanied me to the class. During that event, the Holy Ghost delivered on what I had promised. At the end of the presentation, it seemed as though the entire class lined up to speak with me, and many wanted to come to my home for Bible study. It was quite the evening. The skeptics clamoring for proof were silenced. Because God's judgments and commandments are the perfect supernatural truth, obeying them yields the blessing of doing the right thing. Because God's judgments and commandments are the perfect supernatural truth, disobeying them yields the curse of doing the wrong thing. When you understand this principle, you will run and embrace God's words, for in them is found the blessing. The following verse houses the greatest truth and the greatest proof man could ever dream of participating in. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Have you entered into this truth? Have you been born again, born a literal second time, this time of the Spirit of God? This will be your proof beyond all natural understanding. Today all your sins and its shame will be washed away. Today all of Satan's bondages in your life will be vanquished. Today everything for you will begin anew. Follow me in this simple prompt, and you will become a new creature. Are you ready to begin the most magnificent journey of all time, whose destiny is marvelous, eternal life in Christ Jesus? Here we go. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. 
God said, Genesis 1-1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Romans 1, 18 through 28, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man, and the birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves." who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Man said, There was a big bang, and somehow the perfectly tuned universe, the world, its precisely positioned sun and moon, all were formed out of nothing inert, lifeless chemicals that just popped into existence out of nothing, evolved into everything, all on their own, from amoeba and daffodils to bananas and man. Wow! That really makes sense, doesn't it? Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1005 that will certify the supernatural inerrancy of God's beautiful book. All of these dynamic features are archived here in text and streaming audio, for the edification of the blood-bought and his ammunition in the battle for the souls of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Take advantage of five highly beneficial God Said, Man Said features. One, you have questions, God has answers. Whatever your question, type a keyword into the search bar top right and watch the screen populate with related information from Adam and Eve to quantum physics. Number two, use the tell a friend feature above to send a message to someone you love. It's so quick and easy. Three, imagine you can download nearly 410 hours of God said, man said features to your electronic device. Listen to one every day. Number four, sign up for the God said, man said weekly broadcast and fresh bread will be delivered to you, God willing, every Thursday eve. 5. Follow God Said, Man Said on Facebook and Instagram and give your social media feed the fresh bread it deserves. Thank you for visiting. 
May your joy be full. Psalms chapter 14, verse 6. Ye have shamed the counsel of the poor because the Lord is his refuge. If you were in the public forum and rising, and if someone in academia, mainstream media, entertainment, or your political opponent, opponent excuse me, uh, knew you had the audacity to believe that the world and its universe were just over 6,000 years old, you would be publicly shamed, mocked, and laughed out of their polite society. God's Word has no place with them. Until Darwin popularized the theory of evolution starting around 160 years ago, the common knowledge amongst men was that the age of the earth was at that time just shy of 6,000 years, as Genesis reports. It should be noted that the majority of the U.S. still believes in a young earth, which deeply galls the evolutionist. Did the evolutionists prove that nothing exploded into everything? Of course not. Did the evolutionists prove that lifeless chemicals evolved into self-replicating and marvelously intricate living life forms? Of course not. Did evolutionists prove their claim that the dinosaur still lives amongst us but is now a hummingbird? Of course not. Did academia's God prove that the water buffalo hung out around the water too much and evolved into a whale? <laughs> of course not. Did evolution, the deceivableness of unrighteousness, prove their theories of billions of years, thereby destroying the Bible's truth of 6,000-plus years? No, of course not. Did the evolutionists post a plausible explanation for marine fossils found at the top of every mountain peak? No, certainly not. Did the evolutionists find their missing link? Not even close. Did evolutionists prove evolution? Of course not, and neither will they do it tomorrow. The reason for their constant failures is it is not true. The beautiful certainty of the Word of God is breathtaking. It is not peppered with the what-ifs and but-ifs of today's academics. Truth doesn't trade in uncertainty. Now, the, note the certainty of Psalms 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. Colossians 1, 16 through 19 speaks of Jesus Christ. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. God's word is absolute truth, and when it reigns in my heart as such, it becomes absolutely and entirely absolute. The doctrine of evolution requires unbelief. Evolutionists begin life's journey in the uncertainty of unbelief and then build on this sinking sand, and the results are dark indeed. Foundational to their theory of billions of years is a concept dubbed uniformitarianism. Uniformitarianism basically claims the present is the key to the past. They hypothesize that the 
present rate of geological change is the same constant rate of change for all time, and from that premise they believe they can calculate time. But two major events occurred in the Bible that no one would call uniform. If you had happened upon Adam just five minutes after his creation and considered him, and the earth, all its life forms, and its universe, you would naturally assume history. You would assume age, yet the earth was just six days old and Adam only five minutes old. Uniformitarianism and Genesis' account of creation do not mix any more than unbelief will mix with faith or darkness with light. Faith says no history. Event number two that no one would call uniform would be the global devastating earth-destroying flood in the days of Noah. Both Noah and Adam are proven beyond any reasonable doubt. But evolution doesn't believe in either, so from their position of unbelief, they concoct their absurdities. As a result of their unbelief, their confusion is enormous. The excerpts that follow will demonstrate just how red-faced and befuddled they are. From a 2014 Creation Research Society quarterly publication under the heading of Evidence for the Recent Existence of Mammoths and Mastodons, Implications for Creation and Evolution, you'll find the following paragraph. Near to a lake in Managua, Nicaragua, an interesting human footprint site was discovered. The footprints were originally dated at 200,000 years old by evolutionists, but because the form of the feet was perfectly modern, dating work went on until a date of about 6,000 years old was obtained. Above the level of the footprints are 11 solid rock strata. The combined strata thickness is 16 to 24 feet. Fossils exist in the strata above the footprints, including mastodon remains. This leads us to the conclusion that the mastodons were younger than the footprints, meaning they were alive less than 6,000 years ago, end of quote. Dr. Brian Thomas authored two June 2020 features in Acts and Facts. One of those features weighs in on the subject of glaciers. Does Scripture say anything about climate? An embarrassing placard at Glacier National Park in Montana also shows confusion. The old sign said, Human activity warms the world enough to melt glaciers. It stated, Computer models indicate the glaciers will all be gone by the year 2020. But the glaciers in the park remain today. So park officials change the sign. End of quote. Science's computer models leave a whole lot to be desired. A whole lot. Massaging information to fit one's perspective is a hallmark of evolutionary theory. Because of the foolishness of their positions, it is required. Dr. Thomas writes the following in the article, How Not to Date Hominid Remains, in the June 2020 issue of Acts and Facts. A recent Neanderthal study in the journal Science mixed detailed archaeological finds with stories about human origins. As is typical, the reporter's age assignments for fossils fit evolutionary time instead of the Bible's much shorter timeline of thousands of years. Its age-dating exercises reveal more about what these scientists believe than what the rocks and fossils actually show. The Neanderthal human remains were found in a cave on the Portuguese coast. The science report dated them 86 to 106,000 years ago. 
What evidence demands that we accept this age instead of the Bible's historical timeline? The Neanderthal researchers might not care about such contrivances as long as the timeline fits evolution. The archaeology team wrote in Science, This site has been assigned to MIS-3 or MIS-4 on the basis of anchoring OSL dating results to radiocarbon chronologies, though the latter must be minimum ages only. OSL refers to optically stimulated luminescence. If OSL actually worked as an accurate dating method, then nobody would need to anchor it to an outside chronology. And if radiocarbon chronologies were real, then workers would take them at face value instead of sidelining them as minimum ages only. The 171-page supplemental materials that accompanied this study show more mishandling. How did the study authors reconcile a radiocarbon result for one cave's limpet shells of 2,667 plus or minus 28 years before present into their 86,000-year age assignment for the remains? The team conveniently claimed that this and other shells were younger, but somehow got reworked into the older layers. If they can claim these samples entered much older sediments, then couldn't any or all of the other samples also derive from other times? Deep time expectations, not data, opened the door to dismiss age results the researchers didn't like. Some of their radiocarbon ages also disagreed with uranium series dating used on tiny mineral layers in the cave formations called speleothems. The study authors wrote, however, the radiocarbon ages obtained from them, the shells, are significantly younger than the speleothems sealing the deposit they were found in. Oops. To add insult to injury, the team's radiocarbon ages showed exactly the wrong relative age order as their top-to-bottom order, the authors reported. In addition, the complete set of Entrance 3 radiocarbon dating results features a fully reversed relationship between age and stratigraphic data. Oops again. Buried beneath bold claims like over 80,000 years ago lies an underground ant bed of workers who scrub results until they confirm deep-time beliefs. Discordant, reverse-ordered, and subjectively dismissed or approved ages pose no threat to the Bible's eyewitness history, excuse me, end of quote. Evolution rules in the academic world sitting high above all. One must be reminded of Satan's desire in Isaiah chapter 14, 13 through 15. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. If their first premise of an explosion of nothing resulted in every uh, wondrous thing we see and they can't see how it has failed to pass the truth test, it should cause a thinking person to question whether evolution should be taken seriously. The second premise foundational to their house of cards is the idea that inert, lifeless chemicals that exploded from nowhere out of nothing by sheer chance 
managed to create all living organisms, and of course, you should suspect the missing link is glaring. Several international conventions addressing open questions on the origin of life have taken place in 2006, 2009, 2012, and were noted in the fall 2015 Creation Research Society quarterly. It would be safe to assume more have happened since 2012, but for discussion purposes, you'll need look no further. Excerpts from Creation Research Society quarterly are quoted from the article, Understanding Open Questions on the Origin of Life. These conferences were held because, as Luisa and Ruz Mirazo summarized in 2010, the origin of life on Earth is still a mystery, one of the greatest mysteries in science today. Our ignorance about the origin of life is profound, not just some simple missing mechanistic detail. After almost 50 years of modern research, there is no paradigm of the origin of life. La Hava, 2001. The lack of progress in naturalistic origin-of-life research is a shocking admission, especially when compared to the staggering and impressive advancements in other scientific fields in the past six decades. Since funding drives scientific research, which results in publications that build reputations and careers, the scientific consensus about where life began perhaps became more influenced by self-interest than by evidence alone. For example, White's 2013 reported on the alarm among planetary scientists with NASA's announcement, announcement of a restructuring of how NASA research is funded. Currently, there is no evidence observed or replicated in the laboratory that life exists or, or has ever existed anywhere in the universe except here on Earth in its current form or in any intermediate or transitional lifelike form. A lack of scientific consensus on where life began means that none of the explanations offered by naturalistic origin-of-life research is even remotely close to offering a scenario where lifeless chemicals were transformed into living cellular creatures in a way that is consistent with the known laws of nature. When those extraterrestrial efforts also prove unsuccessful, the only scientific conclusion will be that the underlying assumptions of any naturalistic origin of life were indirectly proven to be false and that life was the result of the special creation of God. One common explanation for the lack of evidence for the supposed steps from lifeless inorganic chemicals to cellular life is that any early origin of life metabolic cycles or genetic rep replicators ate the evidence. This incredible claim implies that once upon a time there was at least one continuous pathway from lifeless inorganic chemicals to cellular life that existed long enough for cellular life to become established, at which point the living creatures then consumed any and all evidence for any and all intermediates and transitional stages along the origin of life path. This explanation is comparable to a bridge built between remote islands, and after everyone finished traveling between the islands, all evidence of the bridge was removed, including all evidence that anyone ever knew how to build a bridge or had any other way to travel between those remote islands. Pascal, 2010, noted, 
converting redox, converting redox potentials into free energy available for a metabolism is a difficult task. The inorganic sources of energy in a primitive earth environment are not considered as able to deliver free energy in amounts sufficient to induce biological self-organization. Smith and Morwitz, 2010, they concluded, We currently lack a principled, quantitative, chemically explicit theory of the requirements to stabilize a metabolic network and a self-generated control system far from thermodynamic equilibrium. And what that means is they don't know what's happening. As Zaya and Zaya summarized, the heterotrophic organisms need molecules, proteins, lipids, sugars, etc., ready to be used as an energy source for other synthesis. Pareto, 2005, concluded, In this scenario, life would have started with very simple and oxygenic and heterotrophic primordial cells. Difficulties regarding prebiotic chemical reactions in the atmosphere, since we still lack any robust evidence of its exact chemical composition and physical conditions, and uncertainties as to the accumulation of extraterrestrial organics have shifted the focus in search of other locations for primeval living processes. Even if the open question of metabolism first or genetics first is ever resolved, origin of life research would then face the significant open question summarized by Norris in 2012, how did metabolism and genetic replication get married? The bottom line is that no evidence exists to show that either the heterotrophic or autotrophic origin of life processes are occurring today, nor has evidence been found to suggest that any complete heterotrophic or autotrophic origin of life scheme was operative in the early Earth environment. Today we see lifeless chemical compounds and we see living cellular organisms, but we see nothing in between, such as any series of transitional stages or origin-of-life pathways from mere chemicals to living creatures. Origin-of-life research continues to reveal the enormous gap between the composition and complexity of these two aspects of God's created order. Alperman, 2010, raised an inconvenient truth for the modern study of naturalistic origin of life. Does this impossibility of falsification of any origin of life hypothesis mean that there is a philosophical hypothesis left, the hypothesis of a supernatural creator who brings the process of origin of life into being? Perhaps the only agreement within the naturalistic origin of life community is that science does not have a naturalistic or materialistic answer to the origin of life on Earth and that modern science may never provide an answer. Pizzarello, 2010, candidly captured the limited progress in the field of origin of life research. There is exceedingly little knowledge about the actual origins of life. Stano seconded the conclusion when he stated, We simply do not know, and perhaps... We will never know the exact historical sequence of the events that led to living cells. As their naturalistic assumptions lead to more scientific contradictions, and as the modern answers to how life originated become increasingly impossible to believe, 
the account of creation in Genesis and throughout Scripture will prove to be the only viable explanation for the origin of all living creatures and the created world, end of quotes. The world's wisest men have spoken, and their response is befuddlement. Romans 1, verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. A reprobate mind is a worthless one. Unbelief breeds uncertainty and foolishness, but God's word is the solid rock, a place to build a life that will last forever. God said, Genesis 1-1, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Romans 1, 18 through 28, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the Creator more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Man said, there was a big bang, and somehow the perfectly tuned universe, the world, this precisely positioned sun and moon, all were formed out of nothing. Inert, lifeless chemicals that just popped into existence out of nothing evolved into everything, all on their own, from amoeba and daffodils to bananas and man. Wow! That really makes sense, doesn't it? Now you have the record.